Welcome to the Mission Guys podcast, where we talk about anything related to leading transformation in the church. I'm Nick Jorgensen. And I'm Rick Pop. We are missionaries with Acts 29. And as always, it's our hope that we can help you as church leaders, as leadership teams, as leaders of families, and leadership practitioners to more effectively mobilize the church to achieve her mission. Today's topic, Rick, is the dreaded D word. One of the most fundamental aspects of leadership is this D word, delegation. And yet for most of us as leaders, it can feel like such a bad word. And so today's episode is all about really kind of baptizing this negative D word, delegation, which is so important from a biblical perspective. This is God's idea. So we're going to talk about that. And hopefully all of us will experience a renewal of the mind and uh, new energy and vigor about working hard to be great delegators. Nice. With that, Rick, please open us in prayer, brother. Let's do it. Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious, Father, we thank you for all of our blessings. Thank you for the leaders in the church, for every leader, whether they work directly in the church or work in secular world, but lead from a biblical perspective. We just thank you for those leaders, Lord. We ask that you give them a special blessing and courage and strength to do what is right. Lord, as you use us, broken humans, flawed individuals, as you use us, you've delegated to us the great commission that your son, our Lord Jesus, began and kicked off our mission on Good Friday and Easter Sunday, we just ask that you help us to see with your eyes and hear with your ears what you've done for us in delegating that mission to us and and how that gift of delegation plays in our leadership. So Lord, we pray that you're with us today. We ask that you have each of these leaders rest in peace as they are docile to your word. Bless Nick and me today as we Just share some thoughts and pray that it is truly your will that we are sharing with our brothers and sisters, those leaders out there. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, Nick, it's a beautiful morning here. As most times, you and I are not the same location. I'm looking at the sunrise early morning on the Menominee River, which is the border of northern Wisconsin in the upper peninsula of Michigan. And uh just reminds me that God is great every morning. So uh feeling feeling good, feeling blessed, and I'm excited about this topic. Yeah, brother. The uh the, this 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 topic today uh, is just it, it's powerful, it's important, and you know, as we've been working with leaders across the country for I mean, we both of us have say years or whole lives, we struggle with this too delegation is just where leaders experience this great intersection of, of the relationships and trust they have with their teams and their, their, their coworkers, people who have been, they're entrusted to their care. It's where leaders and their, their, their overwhelmed, their sense of being overwhelmed, their capacity for time, uh, and then strategy, decision-making priorities all intersect. And more often than not, what ends up happening is it just isn't going that well. Uh, and so leading transformation in the church is so directly tied to this because if we don't have these things well ordered if we don't have the margin if we don't have the uh, good sound rooted biblical thinking on this topic it'll be kind of become an afterthought or something we're just kind of put up with being mediocre at 
And so it's rare when we hear someone say, man, I just really do a great job delegating. Yeah. Or, or how about even lesser heard, my boss is a great delegator. It just doesn't happen. No, you're right. And we feel guilty. And it's like, oh, I know I need to delegate more. And and there's all good reasons. Well, some bad reasons too. But uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit in our in our chat this morning. But and there's this negative connotation of delegation. And hopefully we can we can help that today because it truly is a great tool. It's necessary. So what is delegation? Delegation is to entrust to another or to empower another person to act. Okay, so delegation, the act of empowering others to accomplish a task. So we know that the job of a leader, all of you leaders out there, is to be sure that work gets done, all that, the work that's in your area of responsibility. But it's also not the expectation that the leader does all the work, him or herself. That's why it's a leader. And so, and so, so the, the art of delegation, the responsibility for delegation is a fundamental, fundamental part of leadership. You can't be a leader without being a good delegator. Great leaders are great delegators. Mm-hmm. Now, definitionally, as we talk about delegation, often delegation is used as an umbrella term. And the umbrella term would include very specific directing of tasks. It's like you give somebody an assignment to take this package to the post office. Okay, that's like a directing. And then there's coaching, which is you're having somebody do something, but you're with them almost all along. Hey, try this, try that. Okay, now do this. So that's more of a active coaching. Those could be considered delegating as well because you're empowering to a certain degree, and that's fine. But mostly in this, this discussion, the mindset is around that higher level delegating where you truly are empowering somebody. You're giving your authority to somebody and you're giving them the backup. You're there, but they're on their own and you're empowering them to go take a responsibility. So that's that's our mental model as we're getting into this. Not that it won't it won't eliminate those those more forms of directing and coaching. And then there's this whole notion of where this idea originally comes from. And this is important, you know, in, in this podcast, we try to always make sure everything is rooted in truth. And we see the connection from this, what might look like a, a new business term or yeah, that's been invented in the last 50 years. We say, no, no, no. If it's good, true and beautiful, it, it's at the heart of the church and the heart of God. And therefore it's helpful for the flourishing of the church and transformation and leadership. This one this one's even better than everything else I think we've done yet, Rick, because this one is in the Garden of Eden. This is God's idea. It's rooted in his very identity. It's rooted in the very identity of humanity. So you just, just go back to the Garden of Eden. What's the original delegation? It's God saying to Adam that he will exercise dominion over the earth. He's to, he's to rule. He's to reign as, as, as the steward of all of creation. He's, and then specifically you get into it and he, he's told to protect the garden, to work the garden. And the original failure is not, of course, God delegating to Adam. It's Adam taking on what he was delegated. And this failure, of course, led to the fall of mankind. You know, Satan comes in the garden. Adam doesn't cast him out. Original fall original problem rooted in receiving being the delegate of what was delegated to Adam. So there's, 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 this, there's this first essence, God doing this with mankind. I just had a, I just had a vision of 
maybe it was a, a, a flashback, a negative flashback. Well, I just pictured Adam, you know, naming all the animals. Okay. So and imagine I've been in meetings where we couldn't even decide what color the font should be on slides. And, and, and so just these debates back and <laughs> forth. So God empowers him to even name all the animals. Can you imagine us micromanagers, those of us who tend to want to stick our nose into everything, trying to say, well, are you sure you want to name that a cat? I, I think you should name it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Not helpful. That's, Carry on. <laughs> uh, no, that's funny. I mean, I mean, that's actually, let's just stay on that for a second. So the Lord, I mean, God, the father is here with Adam. Just giving him full authority. You go ahead and name them all. <laughs> right. I mean, God might have had much better names for some of these animals. I don't know. I mean, Adam didn't. I mean, this is before sin. So there's this great union between God and man. Anyway, without getting lost on theological exegesis on this, let's just take it for a second. Humor us. The, the, the amount of authority God delegated to Adam and was gave him full freedom in love, in community, to just go for it. Yeah, this is your task. Go for it. Do do as you please. I'm going to be here to watch you and take delight in all these animals, watching you, see them, name them. I mean, that, that's amazing. That's amazing freedom as a leader right there, as a father right there. So that brings us to this point on fatherhood. All delegation, all leadership is rooted in fatherhood because God is our father. That's, that's, that's where our identity comes from. And so as you get into thinking about as an example, the church and the church's hierarchy, you have the Pope and the bishops and the priests. That's God's ordained governance of the world, of the church. And through that lens, God is delegating what? His fatherhood to each layer, to each person. And so if you take just, let's just take the very practical example of a bishop. He is given a territory over a particular land and everything there is rooted in God's fatherhood and his fatherhood and governance of that territory. So his authority, he invites his staff, his teammates, to participate in his certain elements of his authority. And then at the parish level, the priests participate in certain elements of his, of his authority. And then the people on the priest team participate in certain elements of his authority. So you can just see how there's governance being passed on person to person to person, and it's all connected, it's all related. And so if we don't do it well, we can lose our way along the journey. No, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned early here, uh, uh, bishops and priests, we have been blessed to work with many bishops and priests, and we've been blessed to work with great bishops and priests. And certainly we've had issues with, with, with some people we work with, but by and large, they're great, great men. And, and they're some of the over most overworked people and, you know, the most burdened people that we know. And, and especially working with them in delegating in a healthy way, um, it is it is a, a critical tool, and it and it's critical that they they all and you all listening embrace just the the importance of delegation for everybody. And we'll talk about the developmental nature of delegation. It's not only to get work done; it's a part of it, but it's it's a it's a growth tool. It's a growth activity for everybody, spiritually mentally, um, professionally, uh, you know, the one, one, you know, making me think, you know, again, yeah, that from the biblical worldview on this, so we establish even further, you've heard us talk about in our other podcasts, uh, the Jethro principle in, in when Moses was trying to do it all himself and he, and he was run, running himself ragged 
And, and, and the people were frustrated. The people he's serving are just lined up outside of his tent. And his father-in-law, Jethro, basically said, you're, you're going to kill yourself. You're not, you're not being wise. You, know, you need to get help. And then he went out and got 70 men and, and you know, delegated that responsibility and authority. And it was good for the community. It was good for everybody. And it was good for him as well. So we can't do it all. That's, that's one element. And it's got, as you said, this isn't from management books that came out in the 70s you know this this was thousands and thousands of years ago that this importance of delegation yeah, that's it's a great example let's stay on moses for a minute you know there's there so you think about this is, this is a fun story to use as an example um numbers 12 and 13 so moses is in the desert leading the israelites and they've been wandering around for a long time and they're getting they're near the they're near the promised land. This 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 land of milk and honey of, of unbelievable abundance that they're so excited to go and see, and so Moses sends out twelve spies in Numbers twelve and thirteen, and those twelve spies go with a command from Moses. So God says to Moses, you know, go go and see the land I'm going to give you, and so Moses sends twelve to go look at it. Well, the twelve go for forty days and they spy on the land. And they are supposed to taste the fruit and bring some fruit back and check out the, you know, the, what is the, what does the geography look like? Are there mountains and valleys and rivers? And so they just spend time in the people, seeing the people, seeing the cities, like just take it in and bring back your assessment. So they come back and when Moses asked them what they saw, they share, they share, they taste the fruit. I mean, it's like best grapes ever, you know, like there's, they can't wait to, to be able to inherit this land, but 10 of the 12 specifically. Okay. So God did chooses Moses, delegates Moses, you're the leader, says, go, go check out the land. Moses delegates that responsibility and authority to the 12 spies, 12 spies come back. And when they give the report, they give it back in very, very honest, but then very negative, scared report. They say, we can't, we can't take on these people. They'll crush us. We'll be destroyed by them. So this can't be the land. And then all of a sudden, because of this assessment given back to Moses, which he didn't ask for their opinion on this part, to be really sure, the whole nation of Israel starts to turn against Moses and Aaron, their leaders. And people are terrified. They think we should go back to Egypt. It's just, it's a huge fiasco. But two of the spies did exactly what they were supposed to in faith to Moses and obedience to Moses. They took on, as delegates, they took on that right responsibility. And they said, no, 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 they will, God's going to deliver this land that he told us he'd give us into our hands. He's going to deliver our enemies like bread before us. We'll devour them. So there's this amazing confidence from two of them, Caleb and Joshua. And without getting into the whole story, it's just those two rise to be the, to be the leaders of the nation. Moses and Aaron, they, this, this, the, the four of them uniquely lead the nation of Israel because they were faithful and they did what they were supposed to do, given the authority they were given by God. And so it's, here's just another example biblically where there's so many stories, but in this example in particular, it's like God showing how he wants to use his leader, the leader delegating from God, what they're supposed to do. And then when we do it right, when we do it well, the fruitfulness and faithfulness and the success we'll see in mission because we're following what God actually told us to do. We're following and obeying his commands. Nick, there's a there's a risk in that in that story that somebody might look at it and say, oh, delegation is I tell you what to do and you only do what I tell you to do. You can't tell me something I don't want to hear. So I want to be real clear on that. I think to be clear on that, the story is that where, you know, it's not that the ones who came back and told 
Moses something he didn't want to hear. It was this, it was the assignment on the authority. So the clarity in delegating to say, hey, your role is to go and come back with a report on what you see. I'm not giving you the authority to decide, are we going to go there or not? Right. So that was, if I'm understanding that, that story, right. Just to be clear, if anybody's out there, we don't want any leader to say, Oh, you can't let people tell you, tell you, know, say something that you don't want to hear. It's be real clear on what authority am I giving you on this assignment? Hmm. That's a great point. That is a great point right there. I'm glad you caught that. It's so important to know that, um, it wasn't about do what I tell you, but it was giving giving the response, giving taking the authority you're actually given and not more. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right on, right on. Yeah, another one in the New Testament that, that might be helpful as well is uh, the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, the verses 14 to 30. Uh, so a, a man's leaving, wealthy man leaving on his journey, and he delegates and he gives talents, which is a lot of resources, a lot of money to to some of his servants. And he, and, he, and he entrusts them. He gives them property and says, all right, take this and, and make what you will of it. To one, he gives five. To another, he gives two. To another, he gives, he gives one according to their ability. And so that, again, in delegation, it's you're giving things to those to work with it according to their ability. Now, certainly you, you can stretch people and some people aren't going to deliver. Like in that story, you know, 10 of them didn't deliver. And in this and in this story, the one really didn't deliver. Um, so it's it's giving according to the talent uh, to to their talent, their ability, and it's accountability. Then, so in the, in the in the parable of the talents, when the master returned, he returns and what it says is settles their accounts. You know, and the one with five made five more, and the one with two made two more, but the one with one buried it. And so there was a, there was a result, there was a consequence for not delivering appropriately to what they did or didn't do. So uh, another lesson in that uh, parable is this, you know, faithfulness with a few things is a prerequisite for being in charge of many things. So you start small and the master said, you have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. So this is getting into that developmental nature. Delegation is both a tool to get things done and yet it's also a tool to identify leadership, to identify skills, those who take delegation and run with it. And you're building them and they get some confidence. The next time you can delegate even more, I'll put you in charge of many things. And so, and the last lesson maybe of this parable is that faithfulness with things precedes faithfulness with, with people. You know, be, in that parable, you know, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, Take charge of 10 cities. You know, now they're giving them, you've been faithful in these things. Now I can put you in charge of people. So again, a biblical perspective on delegation, and, and it's more than simply passing out work and getting things done. That Another great example. This is a biblical notion. This is God's idea, and it's not an option. It's necessary as leaders, and it's how people grow. It's how you find your great leaders. Perhaps... In one sense, the ultimate, the ultimate uh, delegation, and it's really unbelievable. If you really just step back and, and hear this and, and take it in anew, God has delegated to us His broken, sinful, imperfect, prideful, arrogant, insecure, fill in the blank, fill in the blank, fill in the blank people. 
his sons and daughters. He has delegated to us through his son, Jesus, and to the Holy Spirit, the great commission. He's delegated to his church, the great commission. So you just, just pause for a second. So Jesus, you know, already defeated the powers of sin, death, and hell. He's already offered his, his salvation to every single one of us. And yet the means by which he chooses to continue that mission in the world is through us. He literally uses us, depends on us for this part. That's, that's amazing. So, so just, just to step back and realize as a leader, there might be some things you think that you need to do yourself or shouldn't delegate because it's too important. God himself has delegated the most important things in life to his people. So all, all this biblical wisdom and imagery is just really to help bring back a, a, a biblical definition of delegation. And so here's what we'll here's what we'll give you for that. Delegation is giving authority and responsibility to do God's work to accomplish his mission. Whether you're picking up garbage and cleaning bathrooms, whether you're ministering to broken hearts or creating innovative ideas and technologies, doesn't matter if you're in the church or in the secular world, if it's True, good, and beautiful, you're doing God's work to accomplish his mission in the world. So that's this is how we think about delegation, all right, from a biblical perspective. Now, taking a step further, really practically speaking, we want to talk about delegating tasks versus authority. So, you know, Rick used the example of delivering the parcel earlier. The, the, this, this delegating of a task would be, hey, take this to the post office. That's important. Important work, necessary. Thank you. That's helpful. Great, great teamwork. But delegating authority is a much bigger deal and the kind of thing we really want to focus our, our mindset on as leaders. We want to delegate authority and responsibility, not just tasks. Here's a good example. So my son Noah is eight years old. And one of his least favorite things to do that is absolutely necessary he does in this family is clean up dog poop every Saturday morning so that I can go mow and that our yard stays nice and clean and able to host friends and family uh, frequently. So this is a task, Noah, go clean up the dog poop. And he goes and he does it and we'll go inspect it afterwards and check it out real quick and just make sure he got it all. Sometimes there's four left and sometimes there's one left. Well, if there's one left, I praise him because he's doing a good job. He's, he's paying attention to detail. He's only missed one. That's great. Sometimes I miss one if I do it. Now that's a task and that's good. And that's part of his training because he's young, he's immature, he's growing and developing. But as he gets older, you know, and I don't have teenagers yet, so if someone has teen teenagers, maybe it's an older teenager. But as a teenager, I can imagine saying to him, son, mom and I are gone Saturday. We're hosting people on Sunday. I need you to get the backyard ready to host. So Noah will have been trained all these years how this looks, how that should go. But I'm now delegating the authority to prepare the property to receive people. That's delegating an authority versus delegating a simple task of cleaning up dog poop. Now, I know that's a very simple example. But it is not, it, it, is, it is the same principle in mind. I start small and I grow it into bigger things. And so when he gets to the authority to do the backyard, he might take the creative license to do it how he wants to, to prepare for these people coming over. And that's a freedom for him. That's a responsibility for him that's going to feel big, more weighty, and he's going to now have control on how, it wants to, how he wants it to look and feel, which is a beautiful thing. I love it. I love it. It's a, it's yeah. It's an easy story to to, to wrap our head around. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that many of the leaders we're working with spend too much time cleaning dog poop. You know, they, it's when you're <laughs> looking at all the important things that are on their plates. There are times where we'll watch them in meetings where it's on the stuff that has to get done. Certainly, 
But is it their task? Is it the best use of their time? And 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 I think part of it, and there's many reasons for it. So I think we they get caught up into doing these these other tasks. And I want to minimize it. That has to get done. If that doesn't get done, you have bigger problems later. We all know, and we don't want that. Okay. And yet, as the leader, that's where this this important process of delegating, good delegation, it first requires clarity of mission. In our last episode, 23, I think it was, uh, we were really emphasizing the importance of clarity, maybe maybe overdoing it, but it's we can't say it enough. The more clear the mission is, the easier it is to delegate. If people don't know the higher reason why and what we're doing, what our priorities are, then you get into tasks, giving tasks. We're at low-level delegation, or we're constantly coaching because you have to kind of keep the guardrails and keep people online because they, they're not sure what the guardrails are. So this clarity of mission, it's all about constantly discerning God's will, constantly praying, constantly reassessing. Is this really God's will? And at the highest level, what is what should I be doing as a leader? And what should I be delegating? And in that discernment through prayer, it's making decisions. And, and that's that's part of the issue that we see in the lack of delegation is people aren't making decisions. They're just, they're adding on. They're adding on. So it's like, oh, now we have more stuff to do. Now we're added on. And the debate isn't, do I cut it off? The debate is, all right, who's going to do this? Now I need to work harder. I need to stay up longer. And I'm even more stressed. I don't have the margin for prayer. I don't have the, it's not even a margin for prayer. Prayer is fundamental. There shouldn't even need to be a margin for prayer. You just should be praying. But this margin for creativity, this margin to explore new ideas, this margin to take a vacation. And so this deciding, and even the word decision, let's break into the word decision. The word decision has Latin roots. And it comes from the Latin word decidere, which is a combination of two words. Okay, de is off. Cadere is cut. All right, so it's to cut off. My job as a leader is to decide. And again, it's all informed by prayer. We don't say it's just me and my brilliance, but informed by prayer. But then that leader, leadership team need to decide. That means you need to cut off. So to be a good delegator, you need clarity of mission and you need to constantly be pruning. You need to cut off, cut off for yourself. What should you not be doing? And should it even be done in light of everything else that needs to be done? All right, so that I think it's this this framing of to be a good delegator, super clarity of mission, constantly clarifying, and cutting off the list, not simply adding on to your own plate or adding on to other plates. So take take a listen to episode twenty three if you want to hear more about that that reinforcing clarity of mission. That that is such an important thing you just talked about right there. It cannot be emphasized enough. As a leader, when you grow. Lead, you know, higher in an organization, when you, when you grow in leadership, when you're, when you go from being the associate pastor to a pastor, whatever it might be for you in your life, it's sometimes hard to get out of the mindset that like what I used to do, I can no longer do, you know? So I, I have too much going on. So being practical, I have too much going on as a father and husband now to be the one doing dog poop and all the little details. So I need my children to start taking on responsibility because there's just not enough time in the day for me to do it all anymore. Cause I have other things I need to do. 
So my job switches more and more as I grow in leadership. Now, people can understand that, but it's less intuitive sometimes when you're in an organization like a parish. So in the parish, as you become the pastor, you have to think, this is, as I no longer do some of the tangible things that I used to do. My One of the most critical things I do, of course, outside the sacraments and prayer, but one of the most critical roles you play now is to decide and people need you to decide. And so that notion, Rick, you just talked about decision to cut off is so important in terms of leading and in terms of delegating, because you have to make the decision so people can do, do what they're responsible for. You're reminding me of uh, one of my one of my jobs was was being the head of HR for a, a Ford Motor Company's North America team, and I remember having a discussion with the team. We're looking at each other, saying, "Hey, the realization of we don't make engine, you know, c- cylinder heads. We don't make uh, tires. We don't make you know drive shafts. We don't make anything except decisions. And if we, as this leadership team, are not making decisions, we're letting a lot of people down." And that's what we need to recognize as leaders. We make decisions. So, Nick, let's let's get into the mind of the leader right now. Okay, we're the delegator, if you will. All right, we're in the mind of a leader. And let's just kind of acknowledge what we go through because we go through this as well. And, and maybe not as much in our role right now, but it happens. And as you said, as a parent, absolutely. Um, but it, and we struggle. So we, we know and we're not immune to that struggle to say, okay, here I am. I've got a lot to do. My team I know has a lot to do. And I'm feeling guilty that I know I should be delegating better. I'm not. So what's going on in our brain, Nick? We, we know that most struggle with this. What are some of the things? Let's just kind of rattle off a few of those thoughts we may be having that prevent us from being a better delegator. Well, the one that comes up most consistently, I think we would both agree, is being overwhelmed. When a leader is overwhelmed, it is so hard for us to uh, to delegate well, to even to think about it. So it's often at the root of poor delegation is this notion of being overwhelmed. And shameless plug, that we got a lot of good feedback on it. Episode eight, we did on overwhelmed. If you're feeling overwhelmed right now, we'd encourage you to go give that a listen and reflect on your state. Another one um, is pride. And this could be really quiet. You might not sit here and go, well, I'm the best, so I'm going to do everything. But even just the pride of control, the pride of you have an idea in your mind, the pride of I have to be the one to come, you know, uh, tee this idea up or or give this more thought before I pass it off or whatever guilt might be there even. The, the quiet pride, the loud pride, you know, it's this old adage that I know I can have in my own mind. If you want it done right, you got to do it yourself. You might be better at it. That might be true. You might be really skilled at it. But giving it to someone else is critical for them to grow and for you to get out of a state of overwhelmed and uh, the, the, the mission to flourish. So overwhelmed and pride. There's also a, a it's kind of noble that there is an, a concern by many leaders who want to serve that it feels like delegation is dumping your burden on someone else in this mindset that, that mm-hmm. delegation is not dumping your burden on somebody else. It's, you know, getting the right assignments to the right people is important. And in in doing so, you've got to know and constantly be cutting in light of workload. What is it happening? But there's a mindset. So and maybe sometimes it is. I mean, if we're at our worst and we're overwhelmed, like, hey, I'm going to melt down if I don't get rid of some of this stuff. And in fact, I do just dump it to clean my plate. I feel better. But now my team is heavily burdened as well. And they're faced with the same kind of thing. Another one is near-term thinking. 
So it's, it's, it's being so focused on what's happening today or this week, maybe even this month. Um, and so we start, we just, we're so focused on getting things done that we, we sacrifice really building leaders, developing leadership capacity, growing capabilities within our team or our parish or our diocese or school, whatever it might be. And so that near-term thinking can really be a lens by which we, we don't see the big picture and then we forget the importance of delegating. And, and so delegating just becomes a, about a task situation versus an authority. I know also there's times where we just feel like we don't have the talent. We might not have enough people to do what needs to be done, or we don't have the right talent. We might have just all new hires. We may have somebody who just left and we, uh, just we're, we're already burdened, you know, back to your overwhelmed. We're already burdened. It's like for me to explain to somebody and teach them how to do this all the effort that would go into that would even take more time. So I'm not going to do it. I'm going to keep it myself. All of that is, is natural. Yeah, this does happen. And so then it forces us to step back again and say, if it's truly the Lord's will, is it the Lord's will that I am overwhelmed? Is it the Lord's will that I am edgy and short with short tempered with people because I'm so stressed? Is it the Lord's will that I'm not taking the time to take care of myself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And so it's challenging to say, Whose will am I doing if this is the way I'm feeling and behaving? Did, did the Lord not give me the assignment? Would he not then give me the resources to do what he wills of me? So let me give you one example. Last week, I had a great experience in talking to a group of leaders. Uh, these are school leaders. So these are superintendents and leadership teams. And, and we were talking about meetings. And, uh, you know, we also have a, another shameful plug of a, episode we did on meetings and how we love to hate meetings but meetings are important and you do meetings well it's it's like delegation you need to meet well the first the most important meeting being your prayer time with the lord one-on-ones but anyway this discussion was on meetings and, and we were talking about some of the most practical tools on running effective meetings which meetings are most critical and our recommendations and and one of the leaders threw his arms up and said, Rick, I, I did this. I've done this. And it, we set up all, we followed all the advice and the rules. And, and then I just found myself here. All I'm doing is I'm, I'm scheduling meetings and I'm trying to run meetings and I'm trying to be prepared for meetings and it's driving me crazy and I'm not good at it. And, and he admitted he was just venting. So we let it get out and we kind of joked about it. But then we got into the discussion around, this is an example of not delegating. And Father John was there, Father John Ricardo, who's, you know, our, our, our leader at Acts 29. And, and Father John used to try to run all the meetings. And so it was perfect timing where I said to this leader, I said, what about a mindset that you take care of none of these meetings? And in other words, you don't run any of them, that you don't schedule any of them that you delegate that you delegate for this weekly meeting, you delegate to this person. And he had his team with him, thankfully. And then for that strategic deep dive discussion, you delegate that to that person. And that your role is to be an active participant and you bring your knowledge and your wisdom and your care for your team. You're still the leader. You're just not. And, and then Father John started talking to him and said, I used to try to run all our, all our meetings. I don't run any of them anymore. And then even better than that, one of his team, she said, uh, boss, I would love to run our weekly meeting. 
So I, 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 you know me, I'm so organized and it bothers me if it's not organized the way I'd like to organize it. And I would love to try to lead this meeting. It actually gives me energy to even hear you say that you don't want to do that. And it couldn't have been better, right? It was just one of these. And you could just see him just kind of smirking, saying, are you kidding me? I've been trying to bang in this over my head. And not only did, did it, it's like, I'm not dumping it on somebody, She's excited about this. And I'm excited that she's excited. And then it was reinforced with a leader who said, our meetings are tremendous now and they used to not be so good. So great experience. But that's an example. And and, and we'll talk about, a little bit more about delegation too, that it is, it is not simply just giving. It is a discussion. Does it fit? Do you understand? Is it something you want to do? So that was a great example. Just It was just last week. So it was really a good one. That's a great example. It's really helpful. And I'm, I'm hoping as the leaders are listening to this, like, oh, I can relate to these mindsets that are, that aren't, that aren't, there are partial truths as a, as a leader. And, and just, just kind of two to resummarize there. If you feel overwhelmed, you might have a statement in your mind. I don't have time to teach this person how to do that, even though I would like to. That's, that's something you should pause and really think about right there. It's one of the most common phrases is it's, it's just, I can get it done in a half an hour. It would take me two hours to teach them. Like that, that, that right there, therein lies one of the problems. Or if you feel, you know, it's just going to get done better if I do it myself and don't try to t- talk to them about it. Both of those are selfish mindsets. It doesn't mean you're trying to be selfish, but those are selfish mindsets where you're not raising people up to learn. So let's talk about the mind of the delegate. So you're, you're, you're sitting there on a team, like Rick's example. Perhaps you know that about your leader. My leader finds this frustrating. They find that they, they, it looks to me like they're carrying a burden they shouldn't carry. That's a great time to just ask, offer it, whether it's right there in real time or in a follow-up one-on-one conversation. Just asking, hey, you know, I, I noticed this, or sometimes it appears this. I, I find that stuff life-giving, or, you know, I have some extra capacity. I would love to take that off your plate to help out, to serve. You know, have those conversations when you're when you're when you're serving a leader. It can be so helpful because sometimes we get this our head down, so focused on what's in front of us that we don't see the big picture. We forget the gifts and skills around us. And so ask your leader, take the clarity you currently have and go ask for more clarity, offer suggestions, thoughts, ideas. And then when you ask your leader, if you can take something and run with it, just be really clear in your communication. All right, boss. (laughs) So I just want to make sure we're really clear. I'm going to run with this. Of course, you're you're, you're still the leader. I'm going to run with this. I'm going to take the authority. I'm going to take the responsibility to really run with this project or task. And I'll check in with you along the process, but I just want you to know I'm seeing myself as with the authority that you're giving me to really run with this project because that, that clarity of communication, it might seem hair splitting, but it's so important to think of yourself as having the authority to do something versus just having the the task or um, a step in the journey delegated to you. Yeah, I love that. That's most of us throughout our lives have someone we report to and then often then also someone reporting to us. And so we're, we're in that sandwich, you know, we're in the middle of that where we need to be good at delegating and also being the delegate. And I I think that's great. That perspective of don't wait for it. You know, it's, I want to create it. When we say leadership's a team sport and this is within that broader context of the more trust you develop as a team then when you go to somebody, you can trust that and, and, and you feel trusted that this isn't just being critical of you. I'm just thinking, I see something here that might even be better. 
I see there's an area I want to work in this area. You know, it's I'm passionate about this thing. And I see that maybe you are frustrated or we haven't had our meeting in forever. Um, you know, do you need any help with that? Because I find value in those meetings, or I, I would love us to be able to even be better in those meetings or whatever the assignment might be. So I think that's great, Nick, that it's, it's never do you wait for, oh, I wish he or she would delegate that to me. Or when he or she delegates to me, he's only delegating the task and it's not the authority. And just clarify that authority. To what level is this? Are you going to coach me along the way or... Can I just trust that I'm, I'll come to you when I need you and otherwise? Now, with that then, let's talk too then about after, you know, you've given someone some freedom and or you've taken freedom and you've done something. So let's say after that all and you come together or it's a check-in, it's a major milestone check-in. All right. How's it going? This is where you get into that appreciative inquiry. If you're the leader and you say, all right, how's it going? Or how did it go? What went well? How do you think it went? And here's how I saw it. Um, how do you even get better? How, how could you do it even differently next time? You know, we, we remind him this is that Olympic model. You know, even if it was awesome, could it have even been better? You know, you have the world record. Can you, can you shave a tenth of a second off the world record? So it's that mindset. Or if it was a disaster, all right, let's look at it. You know, the, I like the saying that said, there's no such thing as failure. It, it's, it's, it's success and learning. You know, and it's a great mindset. You know, it's like it was success and it's learning. So we, all right, this one did not go how we expect. Let's talk through that. How did it go? How could it even be better the next time? And in, and in doing so, you're growing the ability to delegate, even if it didn't go well. And you're showing somebody how they can grow in the ability to delegate and to be delegated to, to be the delegate. So you're, you're growing in your ability to give authority. They're growing in their ability to receive authority and you're, and you're together. And in doing that, are you not building trust? You're building the ability to have productive conflict. You're building more commitment and accountability and you're, and you're always focused on the results, all those aspects of a healthy team, a healthy family on mission. So maybe to bring this whole episode together now and just kind of launch us to the mission challenge here. Just to really say again to leaders, the bigger mission here as a leader, doesn't matter if you're the, the top leader, you're mid-level leader, you're, you're, you know, you're, 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 you're a lower level leader within the, whatever institution you're in, it doesn't matter. Your role as a leader, your bigger mission is to grow leaders around you. If you want to see transformation in your leadership, if you want to see your parish really grow and thrive on mission, you want to see that for your school, your diocese, you have to develop leadership capacity around you. And it's so important that we sit back and say, am I simply delegating tasks or am I delegating authority? Someone Rick and I both admire and like um, to listen to from time to time is his name's Craig Groeschel. He's a Protestant leader, great man. And he says this, if you want to, if you want, as a leader, if you want followers, delegate tasks. If you want to raise up leaders, delegate authority. We think that's very true. The process of healthy delegation enables you to identify leaders, to grow leaders, and to see the gifts and skills of those around you. You'll learn, well, that one didn't work so well. They don't have that gift. That one went really well. Didn't know they had that gift. People talk about, how do I discern the gifts of those around me? Well, you have to give them the responsibilities and authority to do things so that you can see those gifts 
come out, those skills flourish, things develop. That, that whole parable of the talents, if you give small things and they're faithful with them, you'll be confident to give them bigger things. And then this final point, which cannot be overstated, as a leader, if you're going to be a great delegator, you absolutely have to have margin. You cannot be living in a constant state of overwhelm. Yes, there's ebbs and flows, but generally you should be sitting back and saying, I have the margin to think, to pray, and to consider who's on my team and what needs to get done, what the priorities are, and give those out to other people to see the church flourish. Nice. All right. Brings us to our mission challenge, Nick. There's three steps in our mission challenge. And so step one, here we go. Step one. Now this is all in light of your overall mission. If your overall mission is not clear, delegation is super hard. You're going to find yourself on delegating tasks. But as long as you've got an overall clarity, at least reasonable clarity, the overall mission and your team it has clarity in the overall mission, this is possible. Okay, so step one, take your calendar for the next month. Take your calendar for the next month and your whatever you call your to-do list or your priority list, whatever you're working on. All right, your list your calendar for the month and prayerfully decide. Prayerfully decide means take it to prayer and ask the Lord, which of these priorities do you need to be significantly engaged with? Okay. And and, and we want you to, on the things that you need to be engaged with, those are the things you need to mark and you need to say, yeah, I need to be spending my time and making sure I'm getting certain things done. Prayerfully deciding. And we want you to err on the side of giving people too much authority versus not. So you're going to identify which of these things certainly still need to be done of those that need to be done. And you're going to identify to whom can you give when you're thinking of the to whom it's everybody that's considered in your extended team. It could be those that are your direct reports. It could be certain volunteers in the church. It could be a vendor that you use. It could be an external company that you use. Right, that's that broader who can maybe take these. And when you're identifying the who, you're thinking of who might best develop by being involved with this? Who can I challenge by being involved with this? Now, remember that the word decision, you know, the, it's Latin roots of to cut off in your prayer time as well, as you're thinking about what is not that important right now? What can truly be cut off? You're discerning what can be cut off or at least maybe delayed. This is not a priority right now. Maybe I delayed it. So, Lord, what should I do? What should I delegate? To whom should I delegate? What should I cut off? What should I pause? That's step one. Prayerfully deciding based on your calendar, based on your to-do list, you're going through. All right, step two now. You need to then take this with your drafted who's going to get what and engage with those people. This is, a, this is a team sport. This is part of leadership. This isn't just you then saying, hey, go do this. You're engaging in discussions, all right? And in that discussion, you're telling the people, hey, you may be better than I am at this. Or, and or, I think this will benefit you. It'll benefit us. You will grow. The work will get done. It'll enable me to focus on some other things that I need to focus on. Be very transparent. This is why I've selected you. This is why I think it would be better if you're doing it and be real open about it. It's not simply because you're better at it, but it'll enable me as a leader to do some other things as well. And it needs to be done for the mission, 
right? So you're engaging in that discussion. And in that discussion, you got to let them know, I trust you. I'm confident you can do this or you wouldn't be giving it to them. And I'm available as you need me. You know, maybe you do a, a check-in, set up a check-in. It's up to you. I'm giving you the authority and the responsibility to do this. So that would include check-ins. If you need a check-in, you bring it in. Otherwise, this is, I'm, I'm giving you that authority. So that's step two, engaging in discussions with people. The discussions are critical. You'll come out of that with more clarity for both of you. And then step three, recognize that this should become something you become great at. Commit to that. This is leadership. Delegation is a critical element of leadership. Delegating well will make you a better leader. So it's recognizing that this is a, a forever thing. As long as you're leading, you're, you're going to be better and better and better at delegating. All right, three steps. Step one is, there you go. You're going to take your calendar and your list, prayerfully decide who's going to do what, what are you going to do? Step two, engage in discussions with people. And really share with them all that rationale. And you guys agree. You come out of it together. Have even some productive conflict. If they disagree, you disagree. Work through it. You land. And number three is recognize this is something you become great at and commit to it. What do you think, Nick? I think it's a solid mission challenge. I feel challenged by it right now. And uh, <laughs> it includes it includes families. This is, this is for everybody. This is a great mission challenge for everybody. We all have things we need to be doing. So thanks, Rick. Let us pray for you leaders right now that God will just continue to renew your minds and hearts and strengthen you for the mission you are on right now. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you have set up the world, that you have set us up as your sons and daughters with leadership, relationship, influence, and that you are always trying to teach us new things. And right now we thank you that you're trying to renew us and teach us even more deeply, what it looks like to be great delegators, to be great, responsible stewards of what you've given us to raise up other people. And so, Father, we just ask you right now in Jesus' name to send the Holy Spirit to flood every leader's heart, mind, body, and soul with wisdom, with revelation. Come, Holy Spirit, give wisdom and revelation to every leader about what priorities you want them to focus on about what tasks and responsibilities, what authority you are inviting them to give others to, to raise them up. Come Holy Spirit, strengthen these leaders. And for anyone sitting there right now feeling they just cannot do this, they would love to do this, but it's too idealistic, too grand. I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you'll bring them comfort. In particular, give them the light yoke and the easy burden that Jesus promises every single one of his followers. And we pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That's a great prayer, Nick. Thank you for that, as always. Well, that's it for episode 24. Go and lead through delegation.